Hello and welcome to Strange Sound. This is Joe. This is episode 57 of Strange Sound. Glad to have you with us. We're glad to have you with me. Because Strange Sound is just me. It's just my opinions. Um, And I am Joe. Uh, The Strange Sound standard disclaimer, if you will, is simply that Strange Sound represents uh, my opinions and my opinions alone not the opinions of my friends or neighbors or family members or employer or anything or anyone associated with me. Never mind anything. Let's say anyone associated with me. These are my opinions. Uh, Some my ideas, most not. Just me bloviating and repeating other people's ideas, hopefully people who are smarter than me and maybe smarter than you, but who knows? I don't know who's listening. So... Possibly you're smarter than me, and you may be smarter than the people that I'm, whose ideas I'm hawking, uh, when I'm not hawking my own. Um, either way, glad to have you with me. Glad to join you for another week of Strange Sound. Anyway, as has been my custom for the last few episodes, maybe the last ten episodes, when I started getting a little lazy... <laughs> I've been reading my Furious Rant blog posts um, and then commenting on something adjacent to whatever it was I was speaking about in the or writing about in the blog post. And uh, that is what I shall do this week as well. Typically, um, my posts are something that I'm concerned with in any given week. Um, it's not necessarily the most prominent news story that's on the media at the time at which I post the blog post. But um, in any case, it is something that's on my mind, and I will just write about it and speak about it, and that's the usual thing. Anyway, I, I should mention uh, just in passing that uh, I did get my second Pfizer jab uh, just a couple of days ago, so I've had two shots, and I hope everyone else has had their shots as well. If you haven't, please go get it. If you don't go get it, at least take uh, the usual precautions. Um, I'd say the Pfizer shot was nothing, and it was basically nothing. I had a sore arm the first time. I had a slightly sore arm for about a day the second time. No big deal. Might have felt a little bit tired the second time, but nothing like the kinds of side effects that people were like um, waving their hands about for a little bit while. So really, this shot is nothing. I'd just go take it. It's better to have the peace of mind than not. Um, And again, I'm saying this from my own perspective. There are people who are more sensitive to um, inoculations than I am. I typically don't have very much of a reaction to anything, but you never know. You never know. So, I mean, use your use your good sense. I would recommend taking it and uh, weathering it because whatever your side effects are, it's probably less serious than COVID itself. Particularly some of these um, more recent variants. However, that is not what I was blogging about this week. My political rant blog, which you can find at big-green.net, and you follow the blog link, and it will take you to my uh, various blog posts. Um, My political rant for this week is entitled 
Spitfire 1, and it's dated April 2nd, 2021, and I shall read it to you forthwith. Last Friday, I thought there had been two mass shootings in a single week. Michael Moore's podcast, Rumble, set me straight on this. Based on law enforcement's definition of a mass shooting, four or more victims, there were seven that week, and there's been more since, I should say, parenthetically. As I said in my last post, this is nuts. We've become a nation of people waiting to be shot. For more than 80% of us who do not own firearms of any sort, that's a pretty nerve-wracking place to be. It's not like there's a safe place. Shootings happen in schools, movie theaters, grocery stores, outdoor concerts, restaurants, you name it. Any place a gunman can enter, so too can the gun. And like that Chekhovian cliche, if there's a gun in the first act, you know that someone will be shot by the end of the play. So the operative question is, how do we get the gun out of the first act? If we're depending on Congress to answer that question, it's going to be a long play. I will admit I thought for certain that Sandy Hook would have been sufficient to put gun control over the edge. A hideous massacre of young schoolchildren, that had to be enough to shock the conscience of a nation. Perhaps only not this nation. Of course, Obama was president, the House was in Republican hands, and the Senate, while still run by a significant Democratic majority, was tied up in knots by its fealty to the modern version of the filibuster. Even the small-bore gun law they proposed could not make it through, and ultimately it was dropped. Now we live in a post-Heller gun owner's paradise, in which a particularly expansive interpretation of the Second Amendment, one that implies a personal right to gun ownership, rules the day. I have to think that even if we were to get meaningful gun measures through Congress and signed by the President, the reactionary U.S. Supreme Court might well knock them down. There are some who defend this notion of the Second Amendment. People like Joe Scarborough are fond of saying that the amendment, quote, says what it says, unquote, a kind of shorthand textualist approach. The trouble is they don't seem to know what the amendment says. Scarborough, in fact, affected to read it from memory on his show last week and added a few terms not found in the original. For one thing, they all seem to ignore the dependent clause at the beginning of the text the part about the well-regulated militia. If you're a strict textualist, shouldn't that too be considered sacrosanct? But setting that aside for a moment, the fact is that this is clearly not an unlimited right. We do, in fact, limit our interpretation of the Second Amendment like we do every other text. The word gun appears nowhere in the document. It uses the term arms, which we interpret narrowly as meaning guns. I think most people agree that there is no constitutional right to own chemical or nuclear weapons, even though those are arms. I suppose a bazooka could be considered a kind of gun, and yet we disallow ownership of those under the Second Amendment, at least as of now. I guess what I'm getting at is that we are all potential victims of semantics here. If we could limit our interpretation of arms to our founding fathers' use of the term, Americans might have a limited right to own flintlocks and other muzzle loaders. I think I could live with that kind of originalism. How about you? Love you, Joe. That is my furious rant for the week on the uh, question of 
gun possession, gun ownership in the United States, um, brief as it is. Just in the wake of the of the two shootings um, the week before, actually more than two, there was seven that week alone, and there's been more since. There was a shooting in Los Angeles, I think. Uh, Southern California, anyway, that killed five people uh, more recently. So it's it, it just goes on and on. goes on and on. And though there are gun control measures in force in cities and states across the country, it just isn't enough. You can't ban guns in Chicago and have them available in Indiana. Right? I mean, people are going to go get a gun in Indiana and they're going to come into Chicago and they're going to fence it to somebody or they're going to shoot somebody. And it's just too easy to get. It's the same thing in New York. I mean, New York, you have to go through a certain amount of rigmarole. But as I've explained on this on this uh, podcast before, there was a guy that lives not a block away from me who shot up an AT&T store a number of years back. And, you know, he... <laughs> He had had his gun taken away by the police, his registered weapon taken away by the police, because he had made a threat against somebody. I think it was somebody at the AT&T store, not coincidentally. And they came and took his gun. And he had another gun that he bought on the secondary market. He bought it at probably a gun show. It was a gun that had been stolen out of somebody's car in South Carolina, where they don't have very strict gun laws. And in any case, it was stolen and somehow found its way up to central New York where this guy bought it, had it as a backup. So when the cops came and took his actual registered gun away, he still had a gun in his hip pocket. And he went over to the AT&T store and started shooting people. And he shot one of the clerks. And fortunately, there was an off-duty cop that just happened to be in the store at the time and ended up shooting him shooting the assailant, um, and, you know, consequently probably saving the lives of everybody else in that store. Can't say I wasn't there, but uh, it was, that's the way it went down, apparently, and, uh, you know, honestly. This is the, the reality that we live with here. Um, and I know advocates of, you know, gun rights, claim that gun control doesn't make any difference and that the problem isn't guns, the problem is people doing criminal acts and all that stuff for mental issues. You know, they're the same usually the same people don't want to do anything about those things except people put people in some kind of some form of incarceration. But <laughs> honestly, every country in the world has those same problems, right? And we are far and away the the biggest you know we have the highest numbers of shooting deaths of anyone in the world and that's because we have more guns we have over 300 million guns and they're in the hands as um michael moore pointed out on his podcast um they're in the hands of something like you know 12 percent of us <laughs> or 13 percent of us and that there's a tiny percentage of us that owns like half of them. So <laughs> this is not <laughs> this is not rocket science. We can limit this a bit more. 
And it is a question of where you draw the line, right? I mean, we can question the founders' wisdom in penning the Second Amendment. I think it was a stupid idea, but I'm I'm relatively sure that they, as you know, aristocrats and people who are very suspicious of the rabble, <laughs> I'm relatively certain that they didn't want to arm the rabble, right? So I, I think they had something else in mind, but that's, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I'm not going to pretend I'm one like a lot of gun rights advocates do. So <laughs> let's just stop there. But I mean, honestly, the Second Amendment does not say what they think it says or what they claim it says or what they want us to believe it says. And the reason that's the case is, is because meanings of words change. Meanings of words change over time. We're talking about English here, and the meanings of the meaning of the word arms has changed over years, over the years. It's also just a question of interpretation as to what you think arms means. Arms to us means something different um, from what the people who drafted the Second Amendment thought the word arms meant back in those days. Now, what kind of arms did they have back in those days? Right? They had flintlock pistols. They had very primitive weapons. And, you know, I've had to do a little bit of research on this because I honestly don't know. My my notion was that there were flintlocks, you know, muskets, that sort of thing. Mostly things that didn't have sights. So you couldn't really accurately shoot with these things. I don't believe they had rifled barrels. Typically, you would, these are single-shot weapons that, you know, you had to stuff full of... <laughs> I mean, people use muskets today. They use, like, you know, Revolutionary War uh, vintage firearms today in, in, you know, just as a novelty, I think, or in historical recreation, you know, that sort of thing. Um, reenactments. But... <laughs> And yeah, they can kill you, but uh, not tremendously accurate and not um, not a lot of firepower. Now, if you're going to interpret the word arms as written in the Second Amendment to incorporate something that we vaguely refer to as guns, in other words, the concept that we have associated with the word gun in the modern day you know, that notion of whatever a gun is, let's say it's broadly speaking, a firearm that you can hold in your hands, <laughs> either like a large rifle-like firearm or a smaller pistol-like firearm that um, shoots a projectile, you know, using gunpowder of some kind, some kind of explosive charge, okay, if that's our limited concept of what a gun is, then it's a question of saying, okay, well, first of all, we're, we're assuming that people in the 1790s, these people who were drafting this amendment, had intended that the word arms meant the word gun. And what would their interpretation of the word gun have been back then? Let's say that 
that their concept of arm is con- is congruent to our concept of gun today in a very general sense. If that's the case, then the thing, and that's, again, this is a tremendous leap to make semantically <laughs> and culturally. It's just a tremendous leap. But let's just, for the sake of argument, say that they're talking about some kind of handheld arms, um, pistols, muskets, uh, not pistols, but like flintlock, you know, handguns, essentially. Is that related to the thing that, that people buy today and call a gun and they say that they have a right to? Is that related to an AR-15? Like today, you can't buy a Thompson machine gun. You can't buy a fully automatic machine gun today. That's against the law. So we draw the line there, right? And I'm sure the founding fathers wouldn't have agreed that that's something that you want you know, people to have open access to <laughs> if they knew what that thing was. I, mean, I don't even think they had Gatling guns in those days, right? They just had flintlocks, muskets, that sort of thing, muzzle loaders. So <laughs> honestly, I mean... If you're a strict textualist or an originalist, then what you're saying is we, you know, in the context of a militia, we have an untrammeled right to keep and bear muskets and flintlocks. Sounds good to me. I could live with that. I think a lot more people could live with that. Quite literally, we could all live with that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Muskets and flintlocks for everybody. That sounds like a great idea. But what the gun rights people do is they make the leap from this concept of arms in the 1790s to the concept of gun in the 20-teens and the 2020s, which includes things like an AR-15, you know, which is a weapon of war. It's an assault rifle with massive magazines that hold 50 bullets or 100 bullets, high-capacity magazines. Something like the, you know, the Benson automatic rifle that my dad used to carry, that my dad carried when he went, went to Europe in World War II, that had, you know, additional am- ammunition that would be carried around by two other guys. <laughs> and it could be... uh Fired single shot or automatic, there was a switch on it. I'm not sure that that gun probably wouldn't be legal because you, you could shoot it automatically. So it was like a machine gun. You can't have a machine gun, just like you can't have a bazooka. Not now. Now, maybe at some point the gun lobby will say, oh, no, we want people to be able to have machine guns. We think people have a constitutional right to have a machine gun. Well, what the hell's the difference? We draw the line somewhere. Let's draw the line a little bit closer to this side. Let's draw the line a little bit closer to the flintlock side instead of the Thompson machine gun side or the bazooka side or the nuclear weapon side. Because this is ridiculous. The fact that we have to put up with this sickening reality that somebody can walk in to a public building or, or a private building any time of the day or night and just shoot the place up because they got some kind of grudge against somebody or something, is ludicrous. And I know people get 
killed with knives and people get killed with clubs and stuff like that. And it's all awful. And that's not right either. But this makes it too easy. We know this, don't we? Don't we know this as Americans? It's just too damn easy to kill somebody with an AR-15. And I mean a lot of somebodies. As I said in the blog post, I thought for sure after Sandy Hook, something would happen. Something would move. Because they killed a bunch of kids. A bunch of school kids. I mean young school kids, like third graders. And I thought, oh Jesus, this is, if this doesn't do it, nothing will. And it didn't do it. They didn't do anything after that. And it's a fucking outrage. Still not over it. Just like Tamira Rice, you know? It's like Tamira Rice. I thought after Tamira Rice, you know, well, we maybe do something about police violence against, against people of color. Because he shot Tamira Rice. That cop is still a cop somewhere. Who shot Tamir Rice? They didn't even like keep him from being a cop anymore. That's how little we did. <laughs> you know, this calls for some revolutionary thinking. In a sense, we really need to turn this question upside down. And I'm I'm back to the question of guns, but you know, police violence as well. I mean, with the Floyd, um, Derek Chauvin trial going on. Obviously, we need to we need to do something about that too, and it needs to be something large, not nipping around the edges, not just holding individuals accountable, which is important, but not not a solution because it keeps happening, right? Just like the gun murders keep happening, the mass murders keep happening. It's not acceptable. And we have to deem it not acceptable. It's up to us. I want to just do a little denouement about the the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, I just want to say that, um, and you've heard this from a lot of people, it's just been very affecting in some ways to see the guilt expressed as well as the sorrow uh, on the part of uh, the witnesses um, to the killing of George Floyd and how heavily this weighs on some of these folks. And I have to say, when I see that footage of George Floyd, you know, when he was first being apprehended by the police and his response to it, it just, to me, it is, it is just appalling. <laughs> I mean, I just feel so bad for that guy. And somehow seeing it in the context of this trial, I've seen bits of it before, but seeing at length some of that footage of him in custody and how he was responding to it, I just felt so goddamn sorry for the guy. And it's just fucking heart-rending. And this is just coming from someone who's seeing it on television, right? I can't imagine how those people must feel who are part of it, like that clerk who, you know, called in the report on the on the phony 20. What that kid must feel, what he must contain inside of him, what he has to hold inside of him. It's heartbreaking. Anyway, 
I just wanted to share that. But that's, you know, that's where my head was at this week. And certainly the gun control thing. Um, we got to do something about this. I know I keep saying it. People keep saying it. But this time we got to just do it. Okay? This is crazy. Draw the line somewhere closer to the flintlocks. And, you know, if Second Amendment advocates, you know, want to have their way, let them carry flintlocks. Let them carry muskets around. I don't know. Let them have muskets. That's fine. Just like the founding fathers intended. Anyway, that's all I got. I'd like to hear what you have to say. You can go to my Anchor site at anchor.fm slash strange sound and leave a one-minute voice message. I'll be happy to hear it. I'll be happy to respond to it. I'll even play it on the podcast. Assuming you don't say anything too nasty. If you'd be nice, we could turn this into a conversation. I'd be happy to do a Zoom session with somebody. Honestly. Or just call you up on the phone, hold up the phone to the microphone. That'd be fine with me. Let's turn this into a conversation. Seriously. You can reach out to me too um, and via my Twitter feed at Strange Sound Pod. You can also go to big-green.net and click on the contact tab. That will make available to you some other ways to get in contact with us. There's a Facebook page for Strange Sound. There's a Facebook page for my uh, group Big Green. Yeah, there's a million ways to get in touch with me. By all means, let's turn this into a conversation. Let me know what you think. Push back, whatever. Anyway, hope you have a good week. Take care out there. We'll see you next time.